podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Colin McGuigan for AFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Delighted to be joined by Eddie Hearn here in Dublin, Ireland. Eddie, Eddie O'Hearn this week, sorry I forgot that. We actually christened you that. We, uh, we're finally here. Talk to me about this whole event and, and obviously the fact that Katie Taylor's homecoming is coming so late in her career, it's a massive night, right? Yeah, I mean the buzz is unbelievable in the city, you know, like, you know, the workout yesterday, brilliant, people in a hotel, people on the streets, everyone talking about this fight. As far as I'm concerned, the biggest moment in the history of Irish boxing, you know, in terms of the crowd, the atmosphere, the moment, you know, the fight itself. Um, and it's, like I said yesterday, it's, we've kind of done things back to front. Katie Taylor should have probably headlined on her debut in Dublin. She probably should have challenged for a world title on her, in Dublin. But we come here now, and that, that's actually what makes it even bigger. Because, you know, the wait has been seven years, probably longer across her amateur pedigree as well. And, you know, it's a massive moment, but it's a tremendous fight. It's a great fight card. And you're going to see just a thrilling night on Saturday. Do you believe this is the toughest test of her career? A lot of people will say Serrano, but then this coming up and wait, undisputed on the line in your home city, this is tougher, is it? I believe so, because I think Chantel Cameron is you know, the kind of fighter that's not going to freeze in the moment. I think you know she made a lot of interesting comments yesterday about Jamie and, and Nigel have kind of kept me on the leash and got me to box in my recent fights, and now they're letting me off and letting me go. And she needs to make Katie engage in this fight as soon as possible. Because Katie's going to win rounds. You know, she's technically better. She's faster, in my opinion. But is she? Can she hang with a work rate? Can she hang with a power? And that's what Chantel's got to try and do: is try and engage that fight early. Normally, you know, you see maybe against Bassoon, particularly in the second fight, you know, Jonas. She banks those first five, six, seven rounds, and then you, you see a war unfold. Against Serrano, she chose not to. She chose to hold her feet and stand and trade. And maybe the instructions won't be to do that. But you know, Katie Taylor and we're in Dublin, and the atmosphere is going to be off the charts. So this fight is going to catch fire very quickly, and the quicker it catch fire, the better it will suit Chantel Cameron. Gary Colley against Jose Felix is an interesting fight. He's fought a stable mate in Tyrone McKenna, went the distance, he fought Sandor Martin. In terms of this fight for Gary Colley, is this pushing him on to the next level after this? Yeah, for sure. Listen, I like the fight. Jose Felix just came over to me and said, I'm really, I want to apologise for winning on Saturday. And I said to him, if you win, you're going to cop a massive fight and a massive payday. So good luck to you. I want him to try and win. I want him to try and walk down Gary Cully. I want him to put him under pressure because I want to prepare Gary Cully for what's to come, which is elite fights at 135 pounds. So for me, I think he wins this fight convincingly, but I want to see how Gary Cully's power holds up against a tough, durable Mexican who's coming to fight. You know, And I believe this, this young man in Gary Cully has got all the potential to start headlining this place on his own. But this is the fight before the fight before the fight, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is this is the fight before, I don't know, I mean, Jorge Linares, sometimes we use him as an example, he's coming off a couple of defeats now, but you get what I'm saying. A top 15 guy, maybe a former world champion, before you go into those elite guys, and it's a very difficult weight division. You know, there's no easy slots, there's no easy championships, but not a lot of people are going to want to fight Gary Cully. Six foot three, southpaw, he's awkward, he's technically gifted and he can punch. So I think this guy's going to go all the way and I think he's a great character. Keevan Ajarko on this card as well and a comeback fight we can call it after a 10 month absence from the ring. Will we see maybe Matchroom come to Belfast soon? We've been crying out for, for quite a while and we haven't got it yet. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you see our shows, you know, 
Canelo against Ryder, Taylor against Cameron, Wood against Lara, you know, and most of those shows are big world championship fights. I need Kevin Ajarko to be in a fight where the Belfast public and the Northern Irish public and the Irish public say, Jesus, that's a fight. And until that moment happens, it won't be a headline fight. But we're only two fights away from that happening, in my opinion. First on Saturday, get through, and it's a good opponent. You know, these guys have sparred rounds together. You know, he's a, he's a British opponent. He's going to come to fight. It's a massive stage for him. Keevan's coming off the hand operation. You know, going to want to impress. And if he does impress, then comes back in a, in, a, in a good, solid fight, just above the level we were at before, get back on track, and then we look to headline in Belfast, but in the right fight. And when I talk about in the right fight, in a real fight. You know, we're not going to bring Keevan to Belfast to fight a fight he's 100 to 1 on to win. We need a 50-50, a 60-40 fight that's going to put him in a position to challenge for world titles. Because he's had that time out of the ring now. He'll want to get going. But he's got it all there for him. I mean, you know, when I look at the job, you know, taking away Keevan's operation, when I look at the job that we've done for Keevan and particularly Gary Cully, like we've kept him nice and active. We've boxed him on massive shows with Irish interest. It's all there for him. And look at Saturday. They're going to fight in front of 9,000 in Dublin. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable platform for these fighters, but they've got to go out and impress. And, you know, you watch these other shows like Misfits and stuff like that, and, but you realise the importance of entertainment and a fighter showing off their personality and their style. And I want you to go in there and shine. You know, I don't want you to go in there and, you know, how was camp? You know, that's up here today. I mean, I love people like Jay McFarlane. Lunatic. Total lunatic. Come, he's got a skirt on. With Dr. Mines. Who does that? But Jay McFarlane does that. So great. I'm looking forward to Carty against McFarlane. Right? I bet you are as well. Everyone, but at the end of this press, everyone will be. That's what you need. You've got to tell the story. It's about the narrative. I don't want to ask you a question and say, how's camp been? You excited for Saturday? Camp was good. Ready to go. Okay. Uh, anyway, I've, you know what I mean? I'm not expecting you to come out and go, yeah, I'm a bad motherfucker, man. I'm going to smash this bitch up. Right? But at the same time... Please never do that again. Oh, well, that was, weren't the best, was it? But I just, you, do you know what I'm saying? You've got, and if you don't, if you're not the biggest talker in the world, when you get in that ring, you better fight like fuck. You better knock people out. You better get the crowd going. And I sometimes feel bad, you know, to trainers and stuff like that because I'm there going, come on, let your hands go. Probably a trainer's thinking, will you shut up? We're winning every round, go away. But I'm just being, being real. We like to see action. We like to see wars. We like to see people knocking people out. I like to see entertainment. I'm just like you, just like you, you know? You pay the money, you want entertainment. Hey, I pay the money, I want entertainment as well. Your aunt's gonna go nuts again, you've cursed. We, we were going well there and then you yeah. swore. In terms of this, I, I wanted to ask you this question. We've seen some statements today about Scott Fitzgerald, yeah. his struggle outside the ring. You've said to me before, your legacy in this sport that, that matters to you. You also told me that you'll go down as a Hall of Fame promoter. I'll get a stick for this, but I think you will absolutely go down as a Hall of Fame it's promoter. Not, it's not, it's not really. I will get stick under the yeah, video for it. In terms of what can you do for these fighters after Kurt? Is there something that you can implement that match room? Because for me, your legacy will live on through what you do for these fighters after they fight. Is there something that you can do at match room? It's a good question. And I think the answer is yes. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Scott Fitzgerald's personal situation because I was involved with it for a long time, behind the scenes more than anyone will know. But I will tell you that Scott 
you know, unsavable is, is a very difficult word. But when I tell you that Steve Wood, his manager, you know, myself, you know, Steve initially got him into a centre to help him, to, to help him get through his tough times. We did that. I would speak to him for months, you know, trying to get him to get back in the gym. He had a fantastic career ahead of him. Um, you know, he beat Anthony Fowler. He was a huge ticket seller from Preston. Like, he had so many opportunities. But what that little episode has told me, that some people, I, I don't like the word unsavable, but need a different kind of help, you know? And it was help that, unfortunately, and I think I was probably a little bit naive because I felt I could help him. And I felt I could talk to him. And sort of, like I would say to him, come down now and see me. You know, he's in Preston, then he's living in London, then, you know, and I would go out and see him, I'd drive up to meet him somewhere, or he'd come to the office. And I just thought naively that I could snap him out of it. But the problem was, he didn't want help. And every time someone reached out to help him, he would push it away. And the reality is, is what he had was addiction. He's a great lad, right? And, and you know, sometimes it would break my heart to see him in meetings with him where I would meet up with him and just feel, I can't believe what's happened to you. You know, you've got your whole life ahead of you, but it just shows in life. It doesn't matter what the picture looks like to you from the outside, everyone's different. And some people are struggling so much in themselves that you can't help them or save them. And, and honestly, you know, I think this will be the best thing that happens to Scott Fisher. You know, I think that time in prison, and, you know, maybe over over speaking here, may be the thing that that will allow him to get himself right. Because if you knew what I knew and saw, and how we tried to help, and how Steve Wood tried to help, and the dad tried to help, and people in our office tried to help, it became an impossible task. And I I, I thought it would wouldn't be easy, but I just thought I'll get him, man. get him, Scott, meet me, I'll meet you here. Come on. What's the matter? You've got this fight. You know, I got him an eight rounder. Then I said to him after, come on, straight back to the gym. Let's go. I'm going to get you a massive fight, massive money. And when you're an addict, none of that matters. You know, you could say he had the world in front of him, which he did, but it was irrelevant. And I, I felt that with the opportunities that I could provide him and the path that I could show him, we could get him out, out of this mess and we couldn't. And, you know, in answer to your question, this is quite a unique scenario. I've never seen this before. Certainly with one of my fighters. But it's just, it's life lessons more than anything. Um, and I, I think hopefully this will get him right. And when he comes out of prison, hopefully he can rebuild his life. Boxing is a secondary. I just want him to be happy and, and live a, a great life and realize how beautiful life can be because he's been through a lot of pain. And uh, I wish him all the best. You're clearly quite emotional about it. You care about it. I can tell by the way you speak. It's not. It's not. It's, the emotion is sad, you know, because he's a young man that I was looking at and seeing and thinking, "Fuck!" Like, you know, you got to remember, I would have a conversation with him one day. You know, people, his friends, his family were messaging me. I was messaging him. I was trying to find him. Then all of a sudden, I'd see a picture come through of him on the street in Preston. Remember, outside that pub, and I think. Then I speak to Steve. Steve Wood worked his, like Steve Wood, who has got a great heart, was the same. He was like, well, I don't, he'd go and see his dad. Steve would lend him money. I would lend him money. I would advance him money. We're trying to get him back on track. We try and get him in the gym. 
and he's like he's such a lovable kid that you want to try and help but in the end it's like I don't I don't know if we can if someone's not prepared to seek help or change what what can you do and this that's why this as bad as the situation is I think it's the only way it's the only way to get out of it Will Matchroom maybe look at like an aftercare? I know this is a separate situation, but for fighters who maybe find it tough, we've seen Kell Brook struggles and, and these other fighters. Is there something that you think that you can maybe do? There is, but when you represent 150 fighters, it's difficult to put that programme together. Talking to people and trying... I think keeping people in the sport is a great way to, to keep that, that attachment to something that you love and something that gives you that buzz. But, you know, we, we help a lot of fighters... And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And unfortunately with Scott, there was nothing we could do. But, you know, it does ask the question, what happens when? But that wasn't a fighter that left the sport. That was a fighter that was in his prime. That was a fighter that had everything in front of him. Unfortunately, he went down the wrong path during his career, not after his career. Most fighters, you know, and you can't hold everyone's hand. You know, and I tried as hard as I could. I spoke to him as much as I could. But ultimately, unless I was prepared to drive to Preston and live with him 24-7, I, could, I couldn't solve the problems. And even then, I couldn't have solved that problem. So, you know, so. Couple of quick ones before you have to go. Haney Lomachenko, how does that go for you? It's a good fight. I think Haney wins the fight. I think he wins it by unanimous decision. But Loma's great. A lot of it depends on what Loma has left. Um, and he's still a tremendous fighter, but I just think Haney's too sharp. I think he'll box smart, and I think he'll win a unanimous decision. There was a tweet last night, I don't know if you've seen it, from Fight Hype. They said that a DAZN show is cancelled. Everyone was kind of wondering which. Is there a DAZN show that's linked to Matchroom that may be cancelled, or is it Virgil Ortiz and Golden Boy, do you know? No, I don't know. It's not us. I mean, we have Katie Taylor uh, coming up. We have Lara Wood. Then we have uh, Sonny Edwards. Regis Progray, uh, Edgar Blanga, Dalton Smith, and none of those shows are cancelled. Regis Progray Regis is not cancelled. There's a problem with Liam Paro, uh, who has an injury that's being reviewed, but the show is there is no show being cancelled. We have three or four other opponents that we're looking at for Regis, but I don't think that tweet was in relation to... Who are the potential opponents? Um, we're making an offer to Arnold Barboza, a uh, Japanese fighter who's top five, I think, in the undefeated fighter. There's a few others. Obviously, Stevie Spark, I would have loved to get the shot, but he's now on holiday. Literally got the news yesterday, but that show, full steam ahead. If it's not Paro, it's another opponent in the top ten. Um, but I don't, I don't believe that tweet was about one of our shows. Last one from me. WBC comments on Bevel and making that fight with Canelo. They've said that he'd have to go through a process of, of applying the fight what, what, where does that leave you in terms of making this fight and obviously you've got a w a problems with the weight as well the fight's not at 168 the fight's at 175 that, that's what Canelo wants so it's not on the table at 168 now through that ruling even if it was on the table at 168 um, it can't be undisputed which is what Bivol wants so hopefully we move on and make the fight at 175 final one Conor McGregor impression before you go Sorry? Conor McGregor impression. Oh, he FaceTimed me last night. We were having a great... It's like, I feel like I'm working for Conor McGregor. Give me his impression. Go. No, nah, later. Okay. Right. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.